Good morning, everyone. It is Tuesday, the Explicit Measures podcast. Today, we're talking about our center of excellences or how to build them. But before we get started, you can see that Seth has done a massive upgrade from his basement. Uh, he is officially out and about. So, yeah. You're traveling uh, actually, a little bit. This this is my new basement. Uh, <laughs> this sky, you know, three story uh, wine wine uh, wine cellar. Yeah. yeah, that's that's nice for five, what six o'clock right. in the morning. <laughs> that's all right. We take our drinking seriously from Wisconsin. Yeah, <laughs> definitely uh, pulling the the Tommy Hotel lobby. Uh, so let me know if I need to mute myself. Uh, but yeah, it's it's been a been a fun family trip. We uh, did a road trip out to Colorado. Oh, nice. And uh, nice. we uh, meet up with my brother who lives in Seattle. And typically we uh, have about six, every six months I, I go out because there's conferences, you know, obviously MVP Summit, a lot of things out there. He works at Microsoft. So we've been able to see each other on a regular basis before the bid. Yep. And uh, so it's been about two and a half years. And we wow. decided, hey, we're going to we're gonna drive the families to Colorado, the great state of Colorado. and rent a place and hang out so nice. uh we the, the trip was uneventful you know a fantastic road trip through iowa nebraska a lot of flat it's heartland yeah flat land a lot yeah. of things going on there it gives you some like great amazing perspective on how large this country is uh so it was yep. it was uneventful great got out here drove up uh my wife found an amazing place in the mountains turns out though that when you live near sea level, <laughs> renting a place at 11,000 feet is not the best idea if, especially if you uh, have elevation sickness or yeah. you get, you get a little, sickness. Uh, oh. So over the last couple of days, been been reading a lot about it. And it turns <laughs> out they think, they think that uh, it's genetic more so than anything, which would explain why my brother and I did not fare very well. Whoa, uh, so we, we ended up yeah, we ended up road tripping again yesterday just to get oh. off the mountain. Oh no! Uh, it didn't. It <laughs> took like another like hour and a half road oh, trip into Colorado Springs. Yeah. So just traveling Colorado <laughs> stayed. So crazy. Pivoted a little bit. We uh, are now in Denver, uh, which is only at five thousand five hundred <laughs> feet, and. Uh, Rented a new place in uh, uh, another area that is uh, below four thousand. So nice. hey, looking forward to the remainder of the trip. But you like air, all apparently. That, all that, be- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all that, all that being said, my intent was to read the entirety of the adoption framework and uh, and get a lot of, you know, uh, a lot of input for this podcast. But I'll I'll be a supporting role today. I think <laughs> more so than uh, nice. a carrier of a lot of the topic. But awesome. Still having fun, having a great time. Awesome. I'm glad you're enjoying your trip. I I did get an altitude sickness uh, when I went skiing up in the mountains. I did spend a day or two in Colorado, adjusted a little bit there, and then went up. But man, after that first day, halfway like I just I was out of it, dude. Yeah. It was bad. So it it, uh, I, it got better. It's interesting. It's an interesting experience. It, is it like seasickness or like a, a nauseous? I had, it's like it could be anything, everything. I had headache. Head. Yeah, I was had a massive headache, and I felt like I was gonna hurl like for like hours, days, like half a day. It messes with your messes with your kind of equilibrium, but more so decision making. Okay. Too. So it was it was actually overnight that was the worst. Yeah, you know, sleep in there, yeah, and then that was not fun. You know, apparently the the two things we've learned are you know there's obviously lower oxygen level, 
and the barometric pressure changes, so it wreaks havoc on your organs. Mm-hmm. And depending, you know, how much it's wreaking havoc, you know, it's essentially your brain is swollen a bit and your lungs are. Well, like, what's the tipping point when you're 45 minutes away from anything? You know, do you do you just hang you know, hang it out through it? Yeah, <laughs> or yeah. are you like? you know, this might not be a good sign. <laughs> we, <laughs> probably staying here is not the yeah, best yeah. decision. Yeah, so we, we erred on the side of caution. So yeah, it's hard going from like, I mean, in Colorado, it's it like flat, 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 and then it's like mountains. So like you're like all of a sudden you're really high in elevation very quickly, and it's the quick change, I think, that messes everything up. Crazy. Anyways. All right, topic for today. So let's, let's get into a... Uh, Kick us off, Tommy. Just give us some definition of like, you know, what is your definition of a center of excellence? Let's just kind of talk about, you know, how, what is this? Why would why would we be uh, wanting to know about a center of excellence? And I'll I'll also end. The, there's like two terms that I've heard: center of excellence and community of practice. Maybe maybe touch yeah. on both of those a little bit. Or if you if you if you have a preference, maybe prefer one or the other. So it's it's actually interesting you say for me to kick it off is as we're going through this. I initially had a different definition of center of excellence compared to what was in the adoption roadmap. Sure. So I'll I can I'll go through what Melissa and Matthew kind of wrote in the roadmap, and then I would I would love to hear like if you guys had a previous definition because I I still am going to hold to I think what I consider a true like center of excellence. Okay. So according to uh, from the Microsoft. Uh, adoption roadmap for roadmap for power bi it's really it's an internal team of uh internal users and business experts who assist others are um, actively involved in power bi with support training policies and process everything around uh the adoption the culture of uh, having a data culture but they're the people that's the definition that they proposed I still consider it's that, but I, I see it more and I want to expand it more. And I think this is part of that community of practice. It's the team, but it's also a, a some portal, a resource center, a repository that, you know, is available for the organization to gain support. So I, I personally see it more than just the team or a group of users, mm-hmm. because I think the way it was laid out is, you know, like there's you know, this many group, uh, this many people on the center of excellence. I don't think, think that's necessarily viable for every company, especially starting off. But according to the ro- the adoption roadmap, it's it's a unified team uh, from across the organization or centralized. But I consider it basically where's that repository support center or portal that anyone at an organization can go to to get support, training, uh, resources, news. Understand the policies and the process around report creation. Cool, I like it, and I I think there's um. I think I agree with you that there's there's this concept of a centralized location. Actually, we were we were poking pretty hard on this this concept of don't answer one question at a time. Uh, mm-hmm. Take that question, put it on a forum, answer the question for your internal team or even external if you really want, and then point people to the answer where that answer lives because that's that's scalable, right? And there is some uh, other, at one of the, I think two Alex, off the two Alex show, uh, they do a podcast as, or a, a video podcast as well. And they, the one of the Alex uh, was like, hey, that really hit me hard in my heart because I like working with people one-on-one. And like, in my mind, I was like, yeah, you should totally be able to do that. But 
if they respond to you over email, you should document your answer first, point them to the answer, and then work with them one-on-one -on -one if you still want to do that. So uh, it, it sounded like we struck a nerve there when people were like, yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. I, I think there's there, that, sen that central knowledge repository, I think, is important. Seth, your thoughts? Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to go with kind of a higher level not description of a COE because frankly I wasn't able to kind of pull my head around this this topic as much as I wanted to but I think the the prevailing themes are for me this isn't a change of you know for my job right I I'm mm -hmm. solving business problems with reporting and really you're doing the same thing with the center of excellence for business intelligence in that you're solving the larger organizational business teams reporting issues and all of the kind of tasks the coe is responsible for are ensuring that you're leveraging your organization to support those same business users in a very simple way for them mm -hmm. and it, it in my mind, it's going to be a balancing act of creating a COE is, is singular to a business because those processes, those strategies, those ways in which you interact with the organization are different. And that's why I think we, we shift around. But we're also going to be talking about kind of the tenets of the main purposes and responsibilities of the COE in, in depth and detail. I, I just think they vary a bit. But if I'm going to focus on the one thing, it's going to be making sure that you know, we are, that's what that organizational body, whether that's in physical form, a hard physical form with a team supported, which in my opinion, it should be, or if it's, you know, a group of people that are kind of by extension, having those responsibilities, um, that that's where the main focus has to be. I, I, I think there's, a, there's some nuances of this center of excellence. And I, so let me, let me go a little deeper here on some of this. So I'm putting the link for the Center of Excellence inside the chat window. So for those of you who are following along on, on live, feel free to hit that link. That is the documentation that we're kind of talking about here. Um, so I'm gonna, I want to address one thing around the Center of Excellence versus this community of practice, right? Mm -hmm. So um, I've heard both of them termed, and I've heard them kind of used slightly differently. So the Center of Excellence sounds to me it's a bit more of a executive-led or a business leader-led initiative around reporting. And so... I think the center of excellence is more of this, and I, I'm. I think you can implement this a number of ways. I think you can have a center of excellence that solely lives in all IT, where you build the team there, and that team is a single uh, entity that is doing it. But if you think about it, this like you need engagement from other business teams, right? So I think about the pay structure, right? How does this pay structure work? Do you pay everyone to be in the COE? Is that a, is that a centralized group that only lives in the IT, or is this a federated group or a group that is um, distributed amongst different business teams, right? I have a sales team. I have marketing team. There, there will always be, or at least there should be, I think especially in larger organizations, there is those one or two individuals in each business area that are just very analytical in nature. And those are the ones that are uh, willing to adopt new technology. They're doing a lot of heavy Excel or data manipulation already and helping their team get better at data things. So I think the center of excellence is really around a more centralized, um, you know, formalized area that is 
a couple people that are probably paid from IT because they have to drive a lot of the administration of Power BI, but they're, they have like a hub and spoke methodology where there are members of that center of excellence that, you know, have been given time to participate with because of their, their managers approved it. Right. So this is one of my big things too, right? Mm -hmm. If your manager doesn't approve you to work with a CUE, when the CUE comes to tap you on the shoulder and say, explain this data to me, they're like, I don't got time. I can't help you. Mm. But there's this kind of like scratch my back mentality with the center of excellence where you need you need people to participate, but you also are helping them by giving them technology that's going to make their daily job easier. So I think I think there's like definitely a, a symbiotic relationship between the two, the center of excellence and, and then business members or people with across the organization that are doing data things. And then I'll I'll distinctly say the community practice, I think, is a little bit more loose. I don't think that needs to be led by an IT person. I think that sounds more like a user group to me inside the, the walls of a company. So that's kind of how I, I put my mind around those two things. Thoughts? You're bringing up like seven points that I wish I could I know, right? ask simultaneously. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. So, because I know if I ask one question, we're going to go into that topic. And I, I wish okay. I could literally rapid fire seven, even though I've already probably forgot five so, saying that joke. But so, so, so let, I, let me ask you. Put, put, put yeah. it in the chat window too, so we can come back and address all of them. So that's what I do. I, I type my chat. My I, For you guys, I type up my questions in the chat window so I don't forget them. So if you have some. Remember the dev, remember our data studio? Well, I have that keyboard. I click, click, click. So yeah, we're not going <laughs> to. <laughs> yes, I haven't right. muted that out yet. True. So, okay, let me start. Let me start with probably the most pressing thing out of everything. Again, you said a lot of good things there, and okay. we could probably break each of those into another episode. But I struggle personally with this idea of the center of excellence being for like the multiple users or kind of across the board because kind of almost the words like if you're going to have a center center of excellence, like yep. just put you know, put that definition straightforward in literal terms, you know, that's, to me, that's the assumption of a few things is assumption that these people are all in line with the overall goal, the data culture, the policies, um, the, the, even the data in their own, let's say the data in their own department, they understand it, they know how it's calculated and they know when new reports are coming up. So, and they're aligned with how the process works. They're not going to cheat the system, right? So they should. Well, so so how, who pays them though? So this this is the thing that I get, so I get a little bit right. other, yeah. like so there's like the center of excellence, right? So the center of excellence is I think like a central team of people that are across all parts of the business, right? So there's there definitely needs to be some level of like higher management of let's say we have master data for products, right? Someone in sales might own that or own certain characteristics of that product master data, but that's a sales function. There are other parts of that that engine are owned by engineering. Like, you know, it's the weight, it's the dimensions. Yeah. There's another part of te another team that does that. So you, you kind of need those two teams to kind of work together to describe master data of your products. So I think when we're talking like a center of excellence, yes, there are people there that are in bo have bought in. They're, the center of excellence is driving the mission. But I think you have to have other individuals across the organization that are willing to participate to, to make that thing fly. So isn't, isn't, when you, yeah, isn't the participants though, the community of practice, right? That, that is, that yeah. is their role. Like the, the main state, I guess I've always envisioned this as the main stakeholders for each business unit are the community of practice. Like they have to be the ones that I'm tying the, the larger COE team in with to ensure that, you know, the adoption of 
you know, the report or the model or the thing is making the appropriate steps into the overall organizational realm if something's going to be adopted on a wider basis. Yeah, I feel like there's a, a few terms kind of running out there. So we, yeah, yeah. we actually are using something we want to implement called the data champions team. Where Gotta it make is, up your own uh, term, Tommy. I see how it is. Well, this is before the adoption of MapKim, but <laughs> so I guess that we it's have to transfer. Community yeah, this, or, this, or Center yeah. of Excellence came out. The DCT, but, uh, the, the DCT, the DCT, the, yeah, uh, DC Comps. But uh, <laughs> the the Data Champions team is someone from each department or business unit unit who's a representative, mm-hmm. right? So yep. and basically that that group gets together, kind of help define the terminology. So they're, they're on the walls between marketing and sales and they're responsible for going back to their team saying, here's the reports, here's how, here's the terminology we're going to use. Yep. Yep. So I don't know where that fits into I think it, community practice data center of excellence. But so, so that person, I think I would call, so that person that you're having the representative from a department, I would clearly call them. They are part of the COE. I think that would be very clear because so I'm gonna, let me read okay. through some of the so from the Microsoft documentation. Here's some of the goals of the COE, and I think these are very well articulated in the article that we sent out. One is evangelizing a data-driven culture. Right, we, we make decisions based on data. Totally agree with that. You're promoting the adoption of Power BI. You're showing people what it is, and you're saying this is this is how we do it. Stop buying Tableau. Don't do other things in Excel. If you can, uh, we're going to drive our reporting, and here's how to use it. Right, nurturing, mentoring, and guiding an education. For other other internal users, so if you're ed- if you're the guy who's coming to the center of excellence and then communicating within your team about here's the standards, here's how we're going to define terms, and building documentation for your team to use that, I'd squarely say they're part of the COE. Coordinating efforts and disseminating knowledge across business organizational boundaries that's a hard that's a hard task, but I, I agree with that one. Creating consistency and transparency for the user community which reduces friction and pain points related to finding relevant data and analytics content. Totally agree with that one. And then maximizing the results of self-service BI by while reducing the risks and then reducing technical debt by making good decisions that increase consistency and result in fewer inefficiencies. So if you wrap those up, I think any person who participates, whether you're getting paid directly from the IT budget or not, you're still part of the center of excellence. And so I would I would I would guess here, Tommy, your guys that are your your team members that are coming from these different business units to to help you guys work this out, they're they're being funded by their department, but they've got buy-in to make sure they can get data from you guys, right? You guys are kind of grooming the data down, right? Yeah, and I think you you bring up a lot of points you brought up too about getting paid, and I think there. What you just said, and I think what they're outlining for the center of excellence, that's a lot of responsibilities if they're coming from a different department. So I think the question I'll, I'll propose to you is, is this an additional, in a sense, salary or an additional part of their income at the company? Or is there like other incentives in play, like it, being part of the event planning mm. team, for yeah, example? Exactly. You know, exactly. So, which, but again, that's fine, but I don't think they can have all those responsibilities. I see, I still consider that you would have like, if you had a structure where the center of excellence is the portal and the you know, it is the BI team kind of doing the 80% of the work and 20% is going to come from the different teams with, I, I, I can't see that much responsibilities if they already have a job, if they already have a, you know, in a sense of position on that department. So this is a, this is actually a really good question here around roles and responsibilities of these additional members, right? 
I think this is I think this is why the pay portion of this makes a lot of sense here, or at least a lot of communication around this. So where I when I talk about this, where I communicate this with other people, particularly businesses, I say this is a federated approach, and we need some people that are like every one of these items is tied to their goals, right? So in a lot of companies, you'll go in, you'll say you need smart goals, uh, mm. measurable, attainable, you know, tangible goals, things that you can actually Reachable, have in your yeah. yeah. So things that you can put in your in your list that say I can check the box at the end of this quarter, end of this year, and say I did these things. I think you need, when you have this federated approach, I think you need to be able to transfer some, or if not a majority of these center of excellence goals into these other employees and expect that 10% of their time, their, their manager has to buy into it. I think, this is a, I think this is a big deal. And this is why this data culture thing doesn't work because you need participation at the center of excellence level. Like the, the couple people that are paid from IT to do this, roll out Power BI. But there's also these, these other people, the hub and spoke method, where they need 10% of their time or you have to be able to, like, they've got to participate. They've got to be excited about this stuff. They've got to push their business. You've got to find people who are willing to, like, kind of push the bounds of what, what normally is there. Because if you don't, nothing ever is going to change. And then if you don't get buy-in from their managers, they'll participate, but then they'll quickly get pulled away on other things. Mm-hmm. You, you bring, and this point is what we've seen a lot in failure of adoption of a COE. Yeah, totally. totally. How, yeah. how that, how that gets rolled out in organizations successfully. Yes. Is that, how do you take the individual that's solving the business problems and happens to enjoy or f- see that Power BI is a part of that solution? Yes. And roll them into that COE or that champion, mem- you know, realm yep. where you have some sort of incentivization to work with a member of the coe you know for proper data modeling techniques or whatever and you can see how some of this or a lot of this is starting to align with the adoption framework yeah mm-hmm. right of of you know you have your your data set that's smaller and then we graduate it and then we graduate it but if there's there's the path to do that we also have to have the path of people to do that and i think that's where you have this community of practice into COE, but that's a very, I think, I think that's a fragile link that has to be solidified yep. in organizations when you're going to roll this out, because that's where the break occurs, because if there's yeah. not enough interaction or gel between the strategy and the implementation, it falls apart. Yeah, I agree with you. Com- I, yeah, I completely do. So go ahead. I, I think this is also where this, the SharePoint site makes a lot of sense. Having SharePoint or some sort of central knowledge repository is good to have in these rollouts, right? So, for example, right, all of this resolves. The only way this works, maybe maybe not the only way this works. I'm mean, maybe that's a bit too strong. A way that I've seen this work is pain. You have to identify where there are pain points or inefficiencies in your process, and the center of excellence comes in and helps you solve those pain points. One pain point I see that's very common is. I don't have access to all my data. I can't reliably get a refreshed data set. So if we think about normal workflows for most of the business users up until we've had like some better solution like a Power BI or using Power Query, I can't tell you how many Excel users I've talked to who don't even know Power Query exists. It's built into 2016 Excel and newer. So by default, you sh- we should be teaching people how to do data loading in Power Query really early on in their Excel career because it's going to make them so much more efficient. And I see a lot of times the pattern is go to this reporting system, business objects, Power BI, 
any kind of reporting tool, business users will make large tables, dump them out, export to Excel. That's their favorite thing to do. And then reshape, manipulate data and come up with a report. And that happens over and over and over again. And I think that is a, people don't even know there's a better way by connecting directly to the data source. So I think part of the center of excellence is going through these teams and saying, we're here to help you make things faster and better. And, and you have to kind of latch onto these individuals that are very heavy and understand the analytics in these departments. Because I guarantee you, a couple departments that have really analytical people, always finance. Finance people love their Excel and they're super sharp and they under, they get it. They take a little bit longer, I think, to get the whole story of like, why do I want like a centralized data model? But if you can help them build that and if you can give them, so like this is where IT I think needs to have a role here is, I need to give certain people read-only connections to certain parts of my database that we trust. And I think that's where you start building this relationship. Instead of going to this tool and just dumping data out in Excel sheets, let's give you a, a SQL connection, a read-only connection to the source of data. We will help you build a data model and then help you maintain it. And I think that removes a lot of my daily stress and pain of getting that information. And I can stop thinking about moving data and I can start thinking more about what are the analytical questions I should be asking. Yeah, but even with the champions, right? Like let's 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 bring it up on a higher level. Sure. Realistically, the COE is when implemented needs to come out of the gate with processes for yeah. the business to clearly understand even the champions because what what ends up happening and you guys know this as well, right? You you're the expert. Everybody knows Tommy is the Power BI guy. So if something happens in Power BI and it could be nothing Tommy has anything to do with, if they know Tommy and they've reached out to Tommy before, they're going to reach out to Tommy again. So the the challenge is when you label or find champions within each of these business units, you can't you can't put them in a position where they now have to answer all these questions on top of the mm -hmm. job that they already have without a support system. Right. Agreed. And that's the other part of the COE, at least in terms of like how I start to envision how this is going to roll out when I get to this point of, of building <laughs> and implementing it in my org. And I, I'm not there yet. Right. Is, is we have to do a lot of the preparation and small group adoption rollout of strategy and how things, you know, should or could roll out in the organization to be successful Yep. because you get one shot. Because if you think about the vast majority of all of the business users that are interacting with BI tools, they don't care about all of this stuff. They care about solving their problems, looking at data, where do all they want to know is where do they go? And if you're going to change behaviors, mm -hmm. if you're going to change how, how, which is what a COE and a community of practice is trying to do is centralize knowledge around these things and kind of branch out and, and build better people who are owners of these particular areas. So you have wider adoption or better insight into the company. You need a support system and you need processes and you need things that the organization can use without overloading certain people because otherwise it falls apart because yeah. everybody then is like, I didn't sign up for this. Like, I'm, I'm glad you as an organization want to do this, but you just like, you increased my workload by, by double. Right? Yeah. Like, where am I supposed to go with yeah. that? So I, so I disagree though. So I disagree with that I, point that you're going to, so. So this is so yeah, I'm interested in let's go. This. Okay. So the, <laughs> so this is where I think the pain comes from, right? 
the fact that you have so the argument I hear against many of these newer things, or particularly I've seen departments, I've seen whole departments push very hard against anything Power BI or anything data modeling realm. I'm even going to lump in using Excel, using Power Query and Excel. I'll even lump that in there too. The same thing. There, the the department pushes hard against it because they say we're too busy. I don't have time to learn something new. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just yeah. saying. If you're saying you're going to add all this extra workload to people and if the center of excellence, argument, that's not what I'm saying. No, no but I'm I, saying I'm saying you have to get to a point. You have to find people who are willing to push harder beyond whatever they're currently doing and can realize that the value of, that we're producing with the center of excellence is going to save them time. It is going to make so yes, there are processes and you need to have things in line and and part of the center of practice is there. But like if you're if you're truly meeting the needs of the business. You're making it easier for them to do their work. You're going to teach them skills and enable them to work with a broader team to, you don't have to pull this data every time, or here's, here's how we define things. Here's, here's a central location. People are in incredibly lazy and once the path point. of least resistance. This is my point. Your final point is exactly what I'm saying. People want the path of least resistance. You need a centralized location. They need to understand what is going on. I'm saying all that has to be in place before you start rolling all of this stuff out. That's exactly what I'm saying. But that's, yeah, on, but that's, than, that's well, paid. But those guys are being people who develop that. That's on the uh, role of the, the IT team. That, that's the two that or three members. The role of so, the but, COE. Yeah. And the, the, so the responsibilities and the time consumption for, let's say that support staff or on the other departments, yep. not only are they having to consume the new process and the best practices, right? Which is already going to be a lot of time because they have to keep up to date with the data that's being uh, put out there, the definitions, the terminology, and these people might not be creating Power BI in their departments, but they're just the data people. Yep. So now they have to learn the reports in their team, the departments. Now, so th there's already time and a time commitment on a weekly basis just to have meetings and information consumed. Then they have the process that an output to their team for support, people go to them for questions, and they're also help writing that definition as well. Mm -hmm. So the most of the people who that we're going to learn Power Query are going to be your COE. There might be one or two people that are outside of it, but they're kind of that bridge for people who are overwhelmed by data or not, you know, who are not as comfortable with using a report or understanding the data. Yep. So, and that, that's part of that, you know, in a sense, that time commitment where, and Seth, you also said a great point too. If the, you, a lot of times it doesn't work because it's not rolled out without a, solid uh, framework, Seth, you, or Mike, you said uh, the beginning at one of the, the uh, uh, statements was that it's good to have a SharePoint site. I'm hmm. going to argue that and say it's a s imperative. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you don't, and you don't have that built out, plus the team in place, understanding their roles and their goals, you know, um, already in place. And so when you finally do promote it and release the COE, then that announcement is going, here's our structure. Here's the org chart. If you're looking for sales, you go to, you know, uh, this person, that person, here's where you get documentation. That stuff has to be ready to go before anything's rolled out or it's not going to be successful. I, I agree. You have to have the structure there. I don't think you have to have it all complete. I think you do need some rules and reg like rules of the road, but I mean, I think you guys are looking at this from like a a finished and polished thing i th i see is it more of like a a road trip right it's it's more of a we know we have to get somewhere and you're not going to 
it's impossible to think that you can have everything buttoned up and ready to go day one. That's not what I'm saying either. So I, 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 I don't think I get there your are. point because I think that the individuals that are, there's, there is different levels of engagement in that COE. There are some people that, that is their sole job to run the COE. And that's maybe, and again, depending on the size of your organization, I think it's a minimum of one person dedicated to, to rolling out Power BI, dedicated. That's all they do. And then there's other people that it's 10 or 20% of their time, or maybe 50% of their time, depending on where they're at in the organization and what they're doing. So there, there's going to be like people that are fully dedicated to this. And they rep- and this is where I think the pay comes into play here, right? Who pays their salaries? One of those, one of those people in the CUE, or, or a couple of them, should be paid directly from the IT budget because you need IT level access and, and IT needs to drive some level of direction there. But... You need a, a, an army of other people across the business because this thing, the center of excellence or the, the Power BI rollout does not work unless you have a lot of people helping out these one-off needs. So, so let, me, let me frame this in a different way. And part of this might be organizational, right? Like depending on the size of the organization. And totally how you're rolling. totally if you're, true. If you're talking about COE, my, my guess is you're, you have at least a like a, a l- large enough organization that you need a, a body of, you know, rolling people together. Correct. So they're on the same page. Yep. If what they are is probably driving some of the ambiguity of this conversation, as far as like, what are the things that all need to be in place before you roll it out? But I, I, I'm still going to stick to my, my guns from the standpoint that, clear like the majority of clear processes how does how does person z find their way back to the support that they need yep how does you know who's mm-hmm. responsible for building out all of the content of this thing right uh, that's fine okay yep but it when you get this locomotive rolling if you do not have some of those pieces in place you are done you're going to kill your coe because uh, the person your your you. argument your but you you aren't no, I am. I'm saying you you're do. saying you're saying roll this out. And what I'm saying is you have to have some of the core processes in all and the structure of how all of this works and is going to work firmly in place so that it fits into different roles downstream. Otherwise, what's going to end up happening is you're going to have a COE person or a team that rolls something out and all of the sudden they become the hub for every single mm-hmm. question downstream and you can't solve for it all of a sudden. Now the team is in full support mode without and not in the building mode of continually improving the COE and these processes and new structures because you rolled it out too soon. Well, and the other thing mm. too, these people better have um, success metrics. Like if you're going to have someone be part of that. the COE team, yep. like what's, what's, their, uh, what's the success look like? What's their overall goal in a year like you said the road the road yep. trip example where's their destination where are we trying to get them to do and do they know that like they're they're required to build out so much support content and you know understand these different principles while also doing support um but but yeah, i and but, I, agree, other, oh, but i disagree with some of this though like so i i agree with that you need all this stuff in place i agree that there's a sharepoint i agree that you have to have some processes in place this is why you go through like a Miss Melissa Coates training. She basically gives you like, here's all the things you need to put in place. Decide what you want. Pick from these lists of things that you need to employ, and it's good to go. 
and you will build the it there will be a time where the center of excellence kicks off your initial phase in that is like almost 100 percent education you're building more processes you're communicating things out you're building pdfs you're putting information on the sharepoint page that your your entire area is 100 percent support but i would argue though this is this is where you see like this whole role of like how much of this stuff is IT versus the rest of the business, right? Your initial role, you may have 90% support of everything. But as as you educate and as you get leaders in other areas, I think that ramp there's a ramp down portion here that as the business Please ramps up, it's going to it dude, this is like known stuff. No, it's not. No. no. What so, you're what you're saying is go go read some things and be in be in prep mode and roll it out in an org and that's a, a recipe for disaster yeah and i'm thinking i'm thinking people's behaviors too like let's say think of us doing this podcast for example we decided before we we hashed things out as we've been built you know evolving too but when we said we're going to do we said every tuesday and thursday 7 30 we had the consistency consistency not to we said, how are that. we going to do topics yep and i think like were you ever downloaded an app like i'm what i'm coming from the mindset of someone's behavior and they say hey there's a new center of excellence to get resources i go to it and it's let's say a lot of support articles but i don't see news i don't you know there's things that i go oh neat and and then I don't need to go back to it. Why would I like what's going to make me come back to the COE? Right. And that's where I'm thinking if someone's behavior, if you don't have certain components in place with a certain people, with a certain promotional strategy, like your campaign to, um, you know, say we're, we have a COE, this is what it provides, then people are not going to care. No one's going to care except the people who are running the COE because that's right. what they're You're passionate talking about, about. Organizational change requires that that group of people be able to sell that thing internally. And if you don't have a product to sell because it's half-baked, there's absolutely no way you're going to be successful. It's a good way of putting it. The COE is a product. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to 100% disagree with you on these because, <laughs> Go ahead. because I've Go done ahead. this before. I've worked in organizations where I've started bottom-up and we've built business-level processes and we've started from a very small center of excellence. And again, it wasn't without, it wasn't without proposal. It's not a center of excellence. Yeah, it is. You I, just said from the bottom up. Yeah, we from had a business unit yeah, upwards. I started that's, in the business that's unit. Not implementing. I started building an analytics practice. It came out of our analytics team. It was not paid by the IT organization. And at some point, we grew large enough that we actually paid a full time person from IT to come in and do it. The center of excellence was already established, and I've already done this in a call center. Same thing. It was a center. It's a centralized collection of knowledge and, and, and repository. And I didn't have it day one, but I knew I needed it, so I grew. I built it from scratch. So uh, like, yes, you need this stuff. I think you even have like a, a charter, right? If you're talking big organizations and money is going to get thrown at people and put it into this, you know, this idea of, of driving Power BI, you definitely need a charter. You need to have some plans here. But like, I, I don't think none of this stuff is out of the realm of, of possibility. And you, and I, in some cases, I would just like say, you need to start. You just need to get going with some of this and then it matures as it goes. And and I agree I, with I that. I agree that there's maturity, and and you're going to enhance and make the the center of excellence better, and improve the you know strategies and shift and implement. Like you're going to be constantly modifying yep. how, what what works and what doesn't work. Agreed. I am saying though that there's a just like everything else, there's an architecture and a framework and a way you build a product and sell it within an org. Agree. And you can't just roll it out and, and it's and not the, a bottom up the way i'm viewing it well and the, i'm yeah. talking about like a center of excellence from a 
company doesn't have it and we're going to implement it throughout the organization to make the organization you know speak better with each other around data and analytics then i'm i'm saying the framework has to be there before you push it out and and I think the, wanna, if we disagree that's fine well the largest variable to me uh, sorry and, I'll, and I'll, this will be quick is rather than the, the repository with the documentation that you can build that doesn't have to necessarily be 100 yep. percent. now we're dealing with running a ship of different people and if you roll that out without them having the clear role responsibility and their expectations you know, like what's going to define success and what are their incentives to continue to do it? Yep. Then I think that's when you run into like things breaking because then you're going to get people who are going to fall off the process or not attend meetings. And then again, it's like what I think defining what their incentives are, whether that is pay, whether it's, I would love to know other kind of t types of things and what we are expecting of them. I think it's goal related. I mean, I think, I think this is a, I think it's a executive level sponsor who's pushing the CUE. That executive level sponsor is reaching out to key leaders and other business units and saying, "We, if you want to play in the COE, you need to reach out. We're gonna need, we need a token individual that we're gonna be able to say we need ten or twenty percent of their time to help contribute to this. Those individuals are still getting paid by business unit functions, yep. but the understanding from the executive. And again, mm -hmm. this is these are this is not just us. There's there's conversations happening yeah. above at the executive level that is deciding this is what we're gonna do." We see value in the produ production of this center of excellence. And I think a lot of the documentation that Microsoft points to speaks to those points and says, this is valuable. If you want to be a success, you know, we know we all know that executive level sponsorship has got to be there. But you have to have that executive reaching out to other teams and making mm -hmm. sure that they understand, like, who's going to own data, who's participating. And those individuals, like the employees themselves, get goals on their lists like part of their deliverables for the quarter for the year is participate in X number of meetings with the center of excellence, participate with da, 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 da. So those are measurable things where they can, you know, they're contributing to the knowledge base that is the center of excellence. So I think all that's still happening. I'm just, I, I just, I don't think there's any, I think we're all saying, I think we're saying the same thing. I think we're just saying it slightly differently. I, I don't think there's any, I don't think you just go in and say, we made a COE. It's here. Let's all use it. Like I don't think that happens, but I do think it grows. There might be there's going to be some departments that super resist this, sure, and don't find the value. So you work with but the ones that do. Yeah, but that is exactly why, like, if you're going to roll out a COE through the organization from the top down, though, like there is no. I don't care if your department wants to be part of it. You're part of it. Mm -hmm. I, you know, yeah. like that, easier that, said that than done. Easier said uh, than done. Listen, listen. You're gonna have. You're going to have departments that work better with you and Agreed. are going to see more value out of out of things but it, to your point though if if this is an organizational directional thing that you want to implement because you're bought in and you believe that it's going to change how data and, and information is passed around the company then you're going to invest in it and mike to your point right then you're going to put goals Yep. on on every level yeah. yep. of this is this yeah. is what you're responsible for doing but you can do that at the higher level too so even if you have kickback from some guy who doesn't want to do it in his department well then fine your organizational goal for that year is going to fail then miserably and there's probably incentives tied to that and the other thing mm -hmm. too is i see that uh, as a not a deal breaker but a pitfall that can happen is how like what types of meetings should be going on for the like the BI team or the IT with the COE users, whatever we want to call them, the champions. And what is the content? What is 
what is the goal of those uh, conversations? Because if you just start having meetings saying, hey, we're going to meet monthly about how are we doing? Like that's, that can't build, uh, shouldn't, that is not going to build anything. And that's going to, I think, just lead to morale because now you're dealing with this team. You're also dealing with people's morale. You're dealing with their excitement and, you know, how much they're willing to do for the COE. Yeah. I, you know, because they can yeah, just totally. say I've done the minimum. You're, you're making so, a very weird argument because whoever would produce a COE that would just say, here's our status. Like that's not any way what I would think of you do a COE. That's totally no, like, yeah. that's You'd be an airhead if you just did that. Like well, you have like the center of excellence is fielding questions from their audience. Right. So this is active participation. Well, like those meetings are like, uh, I know Rockwell automation has been very public about this, particularly with what they do. They do power hour Fridays. They do like a two hour lunch thing mm -hmm. on Friday, every Friday. And you come with your Power BI questions because what's going to happen is as pe there are already people in your organization using Power BI or trying to use Power BI because it's stinking free. You can go download it off the internet. If your company doesn't block the downloaded Power BI desktop, I guarantee you there's already people making data silos with Power BI in your organization somewhere. You just don't know about it. And so those individuals are already pushing for this stuff and the business will always do this regardless. They're, they're already doing it. All you have to do is start telling them there's a bigger, better, broader story and why we want to participate in all this together. And so that those weekly meetings, and I think you're right, Tommy, like there is some level of like, what does the center of excellence, do they, do they have, how many meetings do you have a, a week, a month? And then when are there's these larger community events where we're bringing in major, like it's open to everyone in the organization. We're pulling them in. There's like you're displaying strategy and where you're going in these meetings. You're talking you're talking about what goals or successes you've had, but you're also bringing up these departmental uh, wins and bringing them back to the center of excellence and saying, "Here's how we won in this department. Here's what we did." So like I think I think that even more you're more strategic about that COE. Can I can I make a recommendation here? I I think based just on this conversation alone. Um, need another conversation about this? <laughs> no, I think we dig into this more. I mean, there's a lot of content throughout this, you know, call it the adoption roadmap, you know, center of excellence, community yeah. practice. If we, if we take a lot of the conversations we've had around Power BI user groups, the after hours, the, oh the challenges that yep. we encounter or are conversing with users and other people about yep. are these topics. Yes. And I think, I think it would behoove us even in this, Right, like we're, we're arguing a bit and talking about the different strategies and different methods and different ways to implement, and this just bodes, I think, to one of the largest topics that people care about and and or us, right? That hasn't solidified, or we could spend more time digging into these specific areas and maybe refining ways in which we could, you know, change or how these adoption strategies change per organization, right? Because we all have we, we in this podcast have three different views or more, right, of yeah. organizations that we've been a part of. Yep. Mike implemented things in, me, you know, from top down wanting to, you know, yep. do the whole shebang that I think I think there's a lot more in here that um, we, we should dive deeper into in, in certain areas for, for future podcasts, for sure. 100% agree. Crazy. Yeah, and it's crazy because I think the, the phenomenal conversation today, but it's probably about like two bullet points in the whole section. <laughs> I know, been, you I know, know right? Well, yeah. well, you're trying to consume these like giant right. <laughs> areas. It's because a big you, topic. 
you can't say best practice. There's one set of best practice no. with what we're doing. There, you can do a canvas and more or less have a good best practice, but you're dealing with too many variables. You're dealing with where are you in that maturity uh, framework? Like, where are you? How, how many people are already using Power BI? How big is your company? How is your team set up? Like, are you just an internal team of report creators? Does every team have one? How all those things I think greatly affect what's going to be successful. Yep. And what type of people do you have? What type of so there's there's so many variables that I think we're all coming from our own experience of yeah that would never work in this case, it kind of and so it's very yeah I, so I, I think we're gonna have to introduce the COE podcast. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm as I'm reading through the article and I kind of threw the, the article out there. There's goals for a COE. There's scope of the COE responsibilities, and I think all the points we're making we're touching on parts of these right. So mentoring the power bi community right that's your power hours on fridays kind of thing producing curating pr and pr and using promoting training materials right there's already a lot of training content out there what do you pick and choose to use inside your organization you don't have to build everything from scratch so i see this as a lot of really good really good tick you know check boxes around a lot of this stuff even to the point of they have another section of how do you staff the see the center of excellence what 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 kind of people do you want and i would a couple of these points I would 100% jump onto. Like they're interested in seeing Power BI an effectively adopted tool. Like you can't just get someone who's like, oh, I don't, I don't like Power BI. You can't, you can't even pick that person to be mm -hmm. part of your COE. Like you've already got, got to get people who are already interested in what's going. They're readily willing to share their knowledge, right? Someone who gets knowledge and never shares it, not an ideal person for a COE. So there, there's like a very specific criteria I think that you need when you're picking out center of excellence members, whether you're they're full-time and that's their full-time job is to drive power BI in the organization or if they're part-time. And so like, yeah, I, I think we're there in a lot of aspects. I think we have very different opinions on potentially how like this rolls out. Cause you know, I think Seth would come from a very IT structure and it sounds like Tommy, you're in very much of a, there's a single team that drives this. And I come don't, from more of like don't, a, don't a business place. IT. I'm talking, I'm talking from a different, completely different implementation strategy. Right. And yeah, it, like if you, if you think about like the first thing I said in terms of like, what is it, what is the COE and community practice? It's solving business problems. It is not about creating governance structures right. and things that, that complicate, but part of developing any sort of rollout of, you know, things successfully process has to be part of it. But you would argue though, a top down approach. Is no, I'm I'm saying my my argument here is if you want to say top, it's organizationally top down. It is you are the organization is coming to the BI team and saying this is what we want to build within the organization. Go build it, right? That is not coming out of a department, right? Naturally, that is not coming out of a you know the bottom up approach. That is coming from the organization where you need organizational buy-in for incentives, where you need to, you know, have all these key feature, features and stakeholders, whatever, in a, how do you strategically implement this across all organizational units so that it rolls up into the places that you want without overburdening uh, current current systems or people yeah. along these these paths. In my mind, you I, just I, described to me top down. That's not, it's not. No, uh, because okay. you said IT. Yeah. I said, I agree, top down. I'm saying like if an organization wants to implement these things, yep. the organization has the dollars, has the ways they can motivate employees, has all of the incentive drivers to make sure that something is implemented for the organization. How do you think Rockwell did it? They didn't do it by a business unit up. Uh, I don't know though. 
actually. I think get I, Chris on here. Uh, get Chris on. Well, yeah. we're talking to him. In, in the, I have five dollars. I'm not so saying, can, I'm not saying Power now. BI adoption. I'm not saying Power BI yeah, can't. Or be No, no. Or, or I'm not up into an organizational level, but at some point in time, this is you have a massive stakeholder that is saying organizationally we want to do this, and you're adopting things across an organization. And at some point in time, call it top down, call it whatever you like. It is a wider Middle effort, out. right? Middle. It's a wider effort yep. to strategically implement. These and solutions across the organization. I agree. I think we're giving wider considerations. I think we're giving IT a bad name because it's not. And I think that the, the centralized approach is not necessarily like someone's coming down from the mountain. Just with, part of it. With, yeah, it's it's because from from my from my organization or from what I've seen successful in two different places is it's the BI team centralized, not from the top, but I really consider from the middle that reaches out, understands the the pain points, like you said, understands the ideal state for their team for data and formulating that to provide a repository. So I I completely disagree with it being, I just think IT has such a bad name in this. And uh, I don't think the, so. I think, they're, I think they're a player in, in a lot of this, but I, I think yeah. I think in the observations that I, so I think it goes both ways, right? I think not every organization is as well informed as what you observe, Seth. I think there are, I think there are certain organizations that can that have leaders at the top that understand the direction and can clearly articulate that this is a power BI is a needed thing. In more in in other organizations that I've observed, it's not that way. It's a single department that's very analytical. Typically, and where I see this is coming out of somewhat of the marketing and um uh, some of the marketing areas of the co of the of the company where they have to be very analytical because they're getting they're getting thrown a ton of data, and they're always looking for where's the best way I can spend my money to make the most amount of dollars on whatever that is. That might it's typically not sales, maybe even involved a little bit there, but where I've observed it has been like there's a certain team that's very heavily invested yeah. in data, and what happens is I've I've seen this in a couple, on a number of occasions that team becomes successful. And then either something changes at the top or someone notices that this is becoming a win and we're gaining wind or speed or there's momentum around this thing called Power BI. And at some level, at some point in time, we can then make the solid case back to, to your point, the broader organization. And, and this is the way we should do it. So I, I guarantee you Rockwell had another solution, another analytical solution in front of Power BI and what they had to do is prove out that, yes, uh, Power BI is the way to go. The data models are what we want to do. And now we need to start formalizing or creating a center of excellence, a BI team around this new tool because we've got Click, we've got Tableau, we've got a bunch of Excel sheets, we've got a bunch of mess all over the organization. And so in longer running organizations, you're actually, you're shifting things. You're actually changing direction in some ways. So sure. I think, I think in like, so what I'm, I guess I'm pointing out is, I think in an ideal state, that's what you're describing is what would everyone would love to happen. We've got a leader at the top who understands the direction. He's getting it. And it's it's kind of, we're saying the organization is willing to put money against this to make it work. And what I'm saying is, I don't think every organization is there or has always latched that, onto this. They don't get it yet. Isn't that, that, but the topic of our conversation today is not your leading to all of that. The topic of the conversation today is you're already at a C. You owe, you want a COE. 
So whether Power BI was the adoption thing that booted out the other BI tool or is now that like, I guess my, my point is we're talking about that pivotal point where you're going to roll out a COE and how do you do that? Not that Power BI won the battle within the organization. <laughs> No, but I'm just, I'm just, I, just, I think there's just different ways to approach how different companies get to that. that I, I just, I just want to keep talking about this so I can argue. Well, you want to hear my ideal state? Let's hear your, let's hear your ideal state, Tommy. So my, yeah, if we're gonna talk ideals, so my ideal state is the BI team is fully staffed that actually work, and the people who work in the different departments part of that COE is 50% BI, 50% on that department. They're basically like you call them the ambassador to the department. But they're building reports, but their their allegiance is to the BI team. Like that's basically where their centralized location. If you had an org chart, but they're spending the majority, like their time is dedicated to a particular department team or unit. But they're not, you know, that is kind of like the the core because again, that's in a sense we'll call it better managed, better aligned goals, and also you have the same idea of the process and incentives and then you may have a few people from the teams mike you said an amazing thing with the marketing thing i've seen that but i've seen it also dovetail at one point where marketing was the data you know uh majority stakeholder but they also had 18 different systems and also weren't using different data sources where they became the pain point for every other uh department yep because they were reporting on things that were misaligned yep totally agree so yep so it's just it's amazing all these places could dovetail but I, I think there are many so in in the article they start talking about like the centralized coe a unified coe a federated coe and a decentralized coe I think these are all, and, and literally all the points I've been like, I'm going through the article now too. Like it, these are, these there are, there is no one way to solve this problem. And I think what we're arguing about here is a little bit around, you know, not your COE may have one of these areas and it may not be all the, like you may start with a federated COE or you may start with a decentralized COE and that might grow into something that's federated, unified, or it, you know, it probably won't go from like decentralized to uh, centralized, like all in one step. But like, I think there's potentially there's pros and cons of each of these different approaches. And so I don't think there's one way to roll out a center of excellence. So the last thing I'll say, Tommy had a is, comment because I saw him, I saw him rear back in pain after I, I stated that. I almost fell out of my chair. He almost right? fell yeah. out of his chair. <laughs> uh, but I, I think the the heart of the argument today, or the disagreement, is not some so much on our 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 own interpretations of a COE, is I don't think we've really clearly defined Mike. Back to the very beginning, you said smart goals. Yeah. I think we should really define not necessarily right now because I, I don't have another hour. But like, what are these actual <laughs> goals for the COE, for the COE leader? For the organization and for the COE, uh, like the COE team. I already think you done. Have to, already in the article. Read the already, article. Read the article. Roles for, and responsibilities. It's spelled out. Here's what the COE leader does. Man. Here's what a coach no, no, and a not, trainer not, does. Not scoping. I'm saying the clear vision for an or, like the uh, for that. Like, how are you defining their success and that incentives to get that success? That's what I want to. That's what I think. We're all kind of misaligned on what success looks like. To be. That's my own. I think I think start that this whole conversation without talking about like apparently these four different ways of, of the COE, but like when, when to your point, Mike, if you're reading decentralized COE, <laughs> like this is a, like to me that makes no sense. Like the, it's center, 
of excellence. And when you're talking about a disjointed, operational, isolated thing within a business unit, that's not that's not a center of excellence. That's that's a, a unit that's figured out how to solve problems. It's a business unit. I want to talk about this more. I want to talk our about sh- our square <laughs> circle. Yeah, I do. No, I, I think there's a lot of good stuff here. And the art, and, and again, that article has got a lot of good things. It even talks about funding a COE, which I thought was a very interesting topic. How, like, there are different ways you can get to funding a COE. It's either through a cost center or a profit center with projected budgets or a combination of cost center and profit center. So, like, you can look at, like, you can have different departments pay you to help them get stuff done. And that becomes like a centralized thing. So, I, I think the, I think something that's, so let me just throw this out for a comment or thoughts. People need to consider where the funding comes from for these members and how you participate in that for the center of excellence. Because I think where I've seen challenges is if there's not crossed business unit and IT led members of that area, you have different competing uh, competing uh, goals, priorities. priorities, competing priorities, and then something doesn't get done. The IT person gets pulled off and doesn't build the the data model the way it needs to be built so that people can consume it. So they get pulled up to another project because a fire drill somewhere else, right? And so the business in some in some sense needs some skin in the game and needs someone who's able to then complete these objectives or these models and things for the COE that can be used across organization or help out the department. So this this whole article is just really rich and if you haven't read it, uh, I put a couple links in the in the th- in the description. Read through it. We'd be curious. Comment down below. We've been arguing about this thing all morning. Um, I want to round two. Round two. <laughs> round, bing, bing. Yeah, round two. <laughs> so um, comment below on what you guys think uh, Center of Excellence should look like. And read the article and give us, you know, where do you feel like your organization fits? Do you have places in your organization that you would fit? Would you fit a decentralized model? Would you fit a centralized or unified or federated model? Like, what does that look like? And I don't, I don't think... I think it's good to be mindful of all these different aspects because I don't think your center of excellence will stay the same. I would I would I would probably argue that you may pick one model or you may find one model that works for you and it might migrate to other models in the future depending on your needs of the business. Anyways, ugh, good conversation. I I thoroughly enjoyed this one. I I probably haven't listened to as intently to everyone's comments and thoughts on this one, that, other than this this topic. I thought this was going to be All a fluffy one. Is like, I totally disagree with you. <laughs> I, I, well, I wanted to make sure I understood your point, no, and I wanted no, to see no. how that was differing from from where I was where I was standing. Totally, I, and I think that's where I'm just going to have to go build out my framework so we can walk through it. I personally frame, think you should stay next to the so we can just framework. Yeah. I personally hope you stay next to the wine for the next episode. Too, yeah. so. <laughs> Agreed no. with that one. Unfortunately, it will be a, a different background. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tommy, where can you find the podcast? You can find the podcast on all podcast platforms. We release our episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. Go back, look at some of the older episodes. If you want to join on the conversation, you can do so a few ways. We always do a live stream on YouTube, 7.30 a.m. Central Time. Uh, or if you want to actually submit a topic, you can uh, go to powerbi.tips slash explicit measures podcast, or and on the page, there's a uh, form to submit a, a link in the description, question. link in the description. There That's you go. all I'm going to say for now. On. <laughs> that is way too much. And, or you can mention Power BI tips on Twitter with the hashtag EMP mailbag. Um, 
mention uh, Power BI tips on Twitter now and kind of let's join the conversation on what we're talking about. Yeah, there's a there's a lot here, so I, I don't think I missed anything. No, the the roadmap, the roadmap article is absolutely amazing. It does a really good job. Thoroughly enjoyed it. It's it's a really good read for anyone who hasn't hasn't captured it. Do us a favor, uh, please like and subscribe to the YouTube channel if you like our content. And also, if you have someone else who's a coworker who might find some value or glean some other help from this, please feel free to share this with somebody else. We'd love to have more in the community. And uh, if you have comments and thoughts on this polarizing topic, apparently, throw them down in the comments below and we'll respond. Thank you all very much and have a happy Tuesday.